everybody, and welcome to the show where they talk talkies. It's talking talkies. Goodbye. And an old timey announcement by old timey announcer Billy Robinson. Dun dun dun. Hey everybody, my name is Chris O'Mealy, and this is my co-host Dan Peck. Howdy. And this is the end of our adventure. For the month of September, as we review the final Indiana Jones movie to the state. Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine on an N64. <laughs> All right, guys, this is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. This movie came out in 2008, which was almost 20 years after the last Indiana Jones 19 movie. 19 years. <laughs> 19 years, exactly. So. This was the return of Indy, and it was one of those things where a lot of people wanted this to happen, and a lot of people didn't want it to happen. But it happened, and we're going to talk about it. Going to talk about it. So, because Harrison Ford obviously aged, they decided to age the character, too. So now we're it's in... the 50s. It's 1957. Yes. Yeah. So, we're cruising down the highway, and a bunch of teenagers are racing military vehicles in the desert, because why not? The military vehicles pull up to this bunker, and they are denied access until... So, the military people are just like, alright, screw these guards, and they shoot them. And you're like... Kill them all. And you're like, wow... That was kind of, that escalated quickly. <laughs> that escalated quickly. But then you realize these are not American soldiers. These are, dun, 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 Russians. Because I hate those guys. Yes, because it's the 50s. So we got to do the Cold War because that's what the era is. Red Menace. And in the trunk of one of their cars, there's a gentleman named Mac, George McHale. And he got kidnapped. And then a guy named Henry Jones Jr. Yes. Where we see the hat. Then and the this shadow. is the oldest he looks in the movie. I think this must have been done last or something. <laughs> yeah, it might have been. He really does look older he in this He looks so much older in the first scene than he does the rest of the movie. So the person who kidnapped them is Kate Blanchett, who you know from all the things. From all the things. Because she's been in all the things. And she's playing this Russian colonel, this evil colonel. And they're taken into this bunker in Nevada because they want Indy to look something up, and he's the best. It's da-da-da, Area 51. Yes. It is indeed Area 51. And they're like, this looks like the place they put the Ark. And then she starts talking about the thing they need to find, and you're thinking, they want to find the Ark. Nope, they don't want to find the Ark. They want to find that's, what, that's what you think. It's what it seems like at first. It's, a, it's Warehouse 51 is what they call it. They are looking for the corpse of an alien that crashed at Roswell in 1947. So they're like, that's, they said, yeah, it's 10 years ago. And you're like, oh, it's 1957. Yep, this is Roswell. Because it has the crystal skull, which... Well, when this movie came out, there were tons of documentaries about the Crystal Skull, which, when we get to the spoiler at the end, 
of to what the crystal skull actually represents. They pretty much said so before this movie came out. So when people did that whole, oh my God, I can't believe that's what the crystal skull is. There was a bunch of people that were like, uh, yeah. There's like 10 times in the movie where they say that, that this isn't your Mitchell Hedges skull. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so I don't, I never understood why that was so surprising, but we're going to talk about that. So he, he finds the skull because it's magnetic. So he's like throwing, he's like throwing gunpowder. Yeah. And like the, shells. the, the box is magnetic and everything. And yeah, so he's like, they're emptying their grenades into a guy's hat. Yeah. So he can throw the powder out. And then he's like, give me shotguns and pliers, shotgun shells and pliers. Like, at first, you think this is an elaborate scheme for them to, so he makes sure they have no bullets. So when he tries to escape, they can't stop him. It's pretty much what it is. But no, it's actually to help find the thing. <laughs> yep, yep. And then him and Mac draw a gun on them after they find it. And then Mac pulls his gun on Indy. Oh, I like that scene. Yes. They all raise their guns and they all put them down and they all smile at him. And he's just and then like, the guy puts the gun back up. Yeah. He's just like, oh, the well, one this guy. Sorry, Jonesy. I'm a double agent. Well, because oh, he's got gambling debts and they'd pay him off if he helped them. Of course. At least that's what he says. Yep. And now comes the escape sequence. Da, 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 da. I love where they're going to be like chicken. They're doing the chicken with the cars. And the entire time he's like, you don't know him. You don't know him. You don't know him. <laughs> and he jumps off into the rafters as they hit, hit the cars head on. <laughs> oh, and then he's just running through the rafters, which is crazy. Yeah. Then he uh, he gets into a fight with the, the the other colonel, the main colonel, and they fall into a rocket sled, which sends them out into the desert. A relatively funny scene. Oh, yeah. so, that guy, he fights that guy like five times. Yeah, he does. It's crazy. So uh, Indy, Indy escapes into the desert without the skull, unfortunately. Um and he ends up in this town, and he he's, like, banging on doors, like, hello, anybody here? And he notices that everyone in the town is a mannequin. And then I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Because the guy, the guard said at the beginning of the movie that they were doing weapons testing that weekend, and that's why no one was allowed nearby. Right. Oh, and this and, is the thing that actually happened back then. They were yes. testing nuclear bombs in the desert, and they yep. would build... And- Entire towns and populate it with mannequins and put like fully furbished houses. Yeah, because they wanted to see all the damage that could be done. And what I learned from this was that you can destroy an entire town with a nuclear weapon, but if you got the right refrigerator, it'll just fly all over the place. And yes, jumping the shark was at once replaced with nuking the fridge. And yeah, it's. It's as ridiculous as it sounds. Indy survives a nuclear explosion by hiding in a refrigerator. But guess what? It's an adventure movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's decontaminated, and he gets arrested by the FBI. <laughs> this part, I'm like, what the heck? It's the janitor from Scrubs. Yup, it really is the janitor from Scrubs. And they're basically saying, yeah, we know you. You're working for the Soviets. And he's like, no. And they're like, uh-huh. 
And then the other guy just shows up and just shuts them all down. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shut up. And they're like, aw. Yeah. So the general vouches for him so he gets let go, but then he's, uh, his office at the college is ransacked, and he is, uh, despite being a tenured professor, he's basic, he's given a leave of absence. An indefinite leave of absence. Yeah. And and Slughorn has to quit. Yeah. And, and Jim Broadbent, the British guy you know from all the things. Because he, yes. As opposed to the guy later that the British guy you know from all the things. The other. Oh, yeah. The other British guy you know from all the things. Yes. So, yes. So. Uh, and, and you know what? As great as Jim Broadbent is as Slughorn, my fondest memory of him is in Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as the preacher, he's, right? No, he's the, he's the main... Oh, he's the father. Yeah, he's the father yeah. of the, the do you, chair. Yeah. Do you like ice cream? Yes. Well, let's just say we're not going to be short of Chunky Monkey for the next month. Oh, Dad. <laughs> Can't wait till we get to that review. That is on our hit list at some point. Love that movie. So, yeah. So, <laughs> India, what happens next? Does he, like, does he, like, go to, like, Drown His Sorrows or something? Or He's going to go to New York and do stuff, I guess, was the plan. But then oh, yeah. some punk on a motorcycle is like, hey. Yeah, this greaser just tracks him down. And uh, he's revealed, his name is Mutt Williams. That's what he calls himself. And he's played by Shia LaBeouf. And you know what Shia LaBeouf would tell you if you had doubts about your future? Just do it? Just do it? This Make was uh, pre-crisis Shia LaBeouf, by the way. Yes. Pre-crisis. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, hey. So they, they, this like, he like befriends him, and it's weird because he's like this. He's like the last person you'd expect to befriend an archaeologist because he's like a, a school dropout and everything. Yeah, but he's like your your mom. My mom trusts you. Yeah. Who's your mom, Marion Williams? There's a lot of Marions. That's my mom you're talking about. Yeah. Well, doesn't he just say Mary, and he doesn't understand? He doesn't connect it? And then there's a... And so he talks about uh, Oxley. He's like, oh, he's an old friend of mine. Yep. It's like, and yeah, again, he took care of me and my mom after my dad died, or whatever. Or and, my dad and, and Ox is played by that other British guy you know from all the things, because he's John Hurt. So, yes, Indiana Jones' father is James Bond, and his old best friend is the Doctor. Yes, or Slughorn and Mr. Ollivander, if you want to take that route. Oh, yeah, when he's talking to him uh, back home, as he's packing up, we see, we learn that, that his dad died, and then Marcus died shortly after. Oh, yes, we uh, we, we didn't touch on that, yeah. Well, the actor who played Marcus Brody actually did die, and they dedicated a statue to him, which gets destroyed in the motorcycle <laughs> In the next <laughs> scene. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of which is kind of funny, but it made me like, oh. So they're just they're just chatting it up in a in like a little diner. Yeah, and then and then there's two Russian agents over there. Yep, and they're dressed like 1950s gangsters. Of course. So to get out, so to get out of it, he just it just like starts punching people. He tells out. Mutt to to punch Johnny Football or whatever he said. Yeah. Punch that guy. So they end up having a greaser and a jock brawl that <laughs> let them escape. And then, the, of course, the motorcycle chase sequence is hilarious because he, like they like drive through the library. There's a Wilhelm scream. 
And then, like, the random kid's studying, and he, like, crashes at his feet, and he's like, hey, I have a question about this. And he's like, hey, if you want to become an archaeologist, kid, you gotta, you gotta get the hell out of the library. <laughs> but remember in, like, the first movie, he's like, remember, 70% spent in the library. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, yeah, he's older. He's got a different appreciation for this now. After all the shit that he's been up, that he's been up to? Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about the... Uh, we're talking about these crystal skulls. Uh, Ox has one in Peru. So now we got to track him down. So what they do is they uh, they find out where Ox was kept at the uh, psychiatric hospital. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was kept was, in a sanatorium. Yeah, and he's got he, all this crap is scribbled on the wall, and he keeps writing this one word in all these different languages. Return. 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 Return, return. And then um, the floor of his cell leads him to the grave of a famous conquistador. And he was searching for, what was it called? A cater? I think it was. A cater? Something like that. Or El Dorado, yeah. Yeah. With the legend of the crystal skulls and everything. Akator so, or El Dorado. Yes. So, of course, uh, when they go to this grave, it's, you know, it's... In the middle of it's in the middle of the night. It's dark and it's in it's an ancient grave site. So there are ninja Peruvians guarding the grave because they know what's up. Yes, but which is actually historically accurate if you read the trivia for this movie that there is a specific martial arts style of fighting native to the Peruvians and they they guard grave sites like this. Um. And they discover that the skull is at the grave, which is how Jones is like, yeah, Oxley had returned it here. That was the whole idea. If you return the gra- the skull to its grave, you're given, like, unlimited power. But, wah, 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 wrong grave. Wrong grave, yeah. But I also like that the one line I always liked in this movie was when Shia LaBeouf makes a comment about how, no, 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 God's head does not look like that. And Indy goes, well, it depends on who your God is. Which is true when you think about it. Wah, wah. But guess who's here in the Amazon jungle? Oh, yeah, as soon as they get out the next morning, there's Ruskies. Yep, and they're just waiting for him. So we travel down the Amazon to find where uh, where Ox is being captured. He's, like, participating in a ritual dance, and he's so brainwashed and so insane right now that he just keeps muttering stuff. And who else is being captured in, at this camp but... A lady named Marion. It's Marion Ravenwood. Your mother is Marion Ravenwood? Yes. And that's the big reveal. It's not, it's not the big reveal yet. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but uh, yes, Indy's old lover happens to be Mutt's mother. Uh-oh. So they get, he meets Oxley. He meets uh, Mac again, and Mac tries to drop a hint to him. Just like Berlin. Yes. I'm trying to hint to you who I really am, which it turns out he's just lying anyway. He's just a piece of trash. <laughs> All right. So now. they make, She makes him look into the skull so he can in- interpret what Oxley is saying all the time. Yeah, and then they uh, 
which is a creepy scene. Yeah, which, which was very well acted, I would say. It was. There's also a. This also gets followed up by a half-assed escape sequence. <laughs> like grabs the table and rams it into them, and they just take off. And then they find a dry a dry sand trap or whatever. Yeah. And, <laughs> Ox, get help. All right, so he does. And then... Uh, and of course there's the grab the rope. But it's not a rope, it's a big-ass snake. It's a big-ass snake. Get something else, just grab the snake. But we'll in that scene is when we, we learn that... He's actually his name like, is Henry. It's a good name. His name Henry is Henry Jones, Jones III. III. But I like when he's like, oh, lay off him for not finishing school. He's a good kid. He's your son. Why the hell didn't you let him finish school? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and then Ox returns with help, and it's all the Soviets. Of course. That's, thanks, uh, Ox. Yeah, thanks, Ox. So uh, they're taking him. They're going through the Amazon. They're, uh, they're basically plowing a road through. And we have another escape sequence that happens, which, again, and this is like all the other indie movies, I'm going to say this is the one that you got to watch because I can't just describe it, but it involves a lot of vehicular destruction, a lot of people switching vehicles, a lot of running up and down vehicles, and a, a lot of sword fight between, a sword two, fight vehicles. between two vehicles. Um, it, it's, it's well done. Uh, and then it ultimately leads to one of the more groan worthy segments when he gets stuck up in the trees, and he ends up swinging Tarzan style with a bunch of CGI monkeys. Yes, and then there's uh, the, the giant ant pit that they basically just kill you, which is probably a, a thing in the Amazon, which is another one I would one not, of yeah. Giant ants, run! <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, alright. <laughs> that, that's just a giant hill of nope. That's like a giant that hill of, like, fire ants that, like, and they, like kill you. and they, like, drag the one dude into their... Oh, I love that scene where they fight again. <laughs> Him and that Russian guy fight again. And Oxley just pulls out the skull and all the ants make a, make a circle around it. Yeah. <laughs> so they can fight. Because <laughs> you can control pretty much everything with that skull. It's got powers we don't know of. Yeah. Uh, and somewhere along the way is when we realize that Mac is, what is you know, yes, he's acting as a double agent to fool the Soviets. And he's aligned with them again. We were double agents. Now. And Marion at some point has the amphibious vehicle, which gets them into the water safely. And they she's all like, because like while the fight is going on with all the freaking fire ants and everything, she's just like scoping the joint out in the car because no one else is near her at that point. Yeah, really. And so she's like, everyone's fine. They're in the, the boat car. And she just starts gunning it for the freaking cliff edge, and they're like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Trust me." Yeah, there's so like she, a, there's like a tree right there, which they which they slowly ride into the water, and then the best part is they're figuring out the riddle, and he's like, "Oh, you have to drop." It's after the third drop or something like that, and I'm just like, "Oh, I know where this is going," but nobody because else figured it out yet. The Soviets are repelling as well. And when the tree snaps back, it knocks down like half of the Soviets and yeah, kills that, them. That was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they have to drop down three waterfalls, which they all miraculously survive, including Ox, who's like old and crazy. He's just la- he's giggling during one of, like during the scene when they're like on the edge of the cliff about to fall over. He's just giggling. And the funny thing is, is he did it before. Yeah. Um, and then you have to 
then there's like part of the riddle where you have to go through the tear duct and there, the there's like a little not, waterfall it looks like a face and the water's yeah. coming out of one of the eyes yep so that's where you have to go in and that's where we see all like the hieroglyphs and stuff and they're like this is Egyptian and this is Mayan and this is Incan yeah, it's this like doesn't make any sense like all from these different eras and uh and of course now it's like oh yeah Mac is still loyal to the Soviets and he's like stealing treasure along the way in the end he was only loyal to himself yes so of course uh, Jones now believes that oh yeah these aliens are just archaeologists they're just oh, yeah, studying yeah, all cultures he finds all this stuff man and that gets him super excited he gets an archaeology boner. Pretty much, yeah. And then they find they find the chamber while they're... And it's got 13 skeletons of crystal beings with one missing a skull. Oh, my God. When they, like, find the town, the city and all those tribes, people come running out and they're like, Oh, did you get through, Hawks? Pull out the skull. Yep. Maybe a little... <laughs> And this is like I think this is when we learned that uh, Mac's been dropping transmitters so the Russians. Oh can yes, follow. the Russians can follow. Yeah, and the Russians just mow them all down with their machine guns. Yeah, they really do. They kill everybody. Kill all the things, jerks. Uh, the Russians arrive. Spalko's got the skull. It immediately rejoins its body. <clears throat> And they're going to telepathically offer you an award. And she wants to know all the things. And the alien's like, "Uh, sure, bro. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you everything. And then it's too much. Uh, She dies. All the, the, the remaining, there's like three Russians left at this point. They die. Yeah. Uh, The alien becomes one. Then we learned why they were a hive mind, because they're technically just one alien the entire time. Yes. Oh, and, the, and Mac also ends up in the portal. Uh, they're actually the interdimensional right. beings. Yes. And then there's the escape sequence from the crumbling temple, as seen in every movie involving temples. Yeah. Brandon Frazier's had to escape these before. Yeah, okay, a few. A couple few. And then you find out the thing is just a big-ass flying saucer. Big-ass, big-ass spaceship. It's a big-ass spaceship. And it takes off. It vanishes into the space between spaces. And then, uh, why don't you relax, Junior? I love it. I, I, I think it's like, it was, like, brilliant, right? Because, like, once this ship leaves, it, like, destroys a dam, which then floods the entire area. And so there's no... Trace no of anything. Left of anything, yeah. I thought that was well done. And then we we go to the aftermath where we learn that Indy is now the dean of the college. I love because he comes by. He's like, "Oh, I love it. Make the letters bigger." And as the guy is like doing the last letter, yeah, <laughs> on the on on the sign, more like Jim Troll bent. <laughs> and then Indy and Marion get married. In a church with oxen attendants. Now he's all cleaned up, so you don't even recognize him the first time you see him. Uh, they also had talked about putting Willie and Short Round in as cameos and uh, Sala, too, but all those ideas got turned down. 
And I like the ending scene where his hat blows off, the door opens and his hat blows off, and Mutt's about to put it on, and he's like, nope. <laughs> he's like, nope. My hat. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Now, before we went into this, I mentioned that I, this was the indie movie I had never seen. And this was my first time seeing it. And if you all wanted to know what I thought of it, you had to wait to hear this episode. So, here is my thought. This is, by far, the worst Indiana Jones movie. But, it's really not that bad. I think that this movie has a pretty unfair rep. And I get it. But at the same time... I thought it was just as much of an enjoyable ride as Temple was. Temple is definitely better than this, by far. But it's not. there's not that much of a bridge gap. I, I really didn't think this was a terrible movie. And I, I have to go ahead and agree with James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, on this one. This is a movie that gets a way unfair rap and is not nearly as bad as everyone says it is. Just like The Lost World Jurassic Park. Just like... The second Gremlins movie, you know, I, I fully just like Rise of the Machines. I fully agree. It is not great. And it's it's weak at points. It's cheese. It's overly cheesy at some points. But it's it's kind of like, weren't there some overly cheesy moments in the old Indiana Jones movies, too? So I get it, but I disagree with it. I, I thought remember it was people would be angry that it was aliens. And I was like, oh, so that's not. Weirder than a magic box of God that will kill everybody. It's yeah. not weirder than a cup that magically brings you back to life. It's not. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we we wanted it to be a religious artifact. Um. Yeah. What about that line? Depends on who your God is. Did that not? Did everybody miss that line? Or so. Whatever. All right. So here's some facts about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The originally, because of uh, of these new film safety rules, the whip was going to be CGI, but it, but Harrison Ford said no. Because he said, that rule is ridiculous, and I want to wield the whip. So, the whip is not CGI. There was going to be a cameo appearance by Sean Connery, but he actually turned it down because he's been enjoying his retirement from acting too much. And George Lucas said in retrospect, it was good to not have him in there because of the aging factor. Plus, people would have wanted to know why he wasn't going on the adventure. And Harrison Ford was like, you know, I'm kind of old enough to play my own father at this point. (laughs) Originally, there weren't going to be that many jokes about Indy's hair and his age and everything. But Harrison Ford convinced screenwriter David Cope to actually include all that stuff. Because he said there was a real paranoia about American aging. So he's like, well, yeah. And he's like, don't even dye your hair. Let's just make this happen. And Indy even said, like, yeah, you know, because he he trained because he still does his own stunts and everything. So he thought it would be more realistic that way. I agree. And uh, (laughs) when asked if Harrison Ford was too old to return as Indy, producer Frank Marshall said, it's not the years, it's the mileage. (laughs) Besides, they thought it would be interesting to see Indy in a different decade. And I thought it was, too. Kate um, Blanchett spent so much time in her black wig that Indy didn't recognize her the first time she didn't have it on and wanted to know who that blonde woman was on the set. 
there was almost a pretty big accident during the scene where Indy drives the truck through the wall because one of the timed explosions didn't go off and landed in his lap. Dang. <laughs> uh, Karen Allen got informed of her role because she got a call in 2007 saying, it's been announced, we're making Indy 4, and guess what? You're in it. <laughs> Um, originally, instead of Soviets, they were going to do ex-Nazis, but Spielberg shot that down because after he did Schindler's List, he didn't want to do Nazis in a light portrayal again. And Harrison Ford said, we've already worn that out. And then Lucas said, well, this is the 50s. Uh, and Joseph Stalin was introduced and in, was interested in Crystal Skulls. So it makes sense to just do Soviets. So a couple of cool little facts. And then... um. Uh, yeah, Sala was supposed to make a brief cameo, but John Reese davis turned it down because he didn't want to disappoint the audience. Uh, there was originally going to be... <laughs> the, the refrigerator idea sort of came from Back to the Future, which was originally going to be a time-traveling fridge. But they turned it down because they didn't want kids locking themselves in their refrigerators at home trying to imitate the movie. Okay. <laughs> yes, and of course... Mutt Williams was originally going to be a nerdy character, but Lucas said, no, let's make him a rebel because he's going to be exactly what Henry Jones Jr. wouldn't want in a son. Plus, there's more to play off there. Oh, and when the Ark of the Covenant does make a brief appearance in that hangar scene where they break the box open, they play the original theme for it over it, which we didn't mention when we did the original review, but I thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah, that was Indiana Jones. Indie Month has been concluded. Uh, kind of sucks because if they do make Indie 5, we won't have that lead-in episode anymore. But that's okay because we're going to we'll all end up seeing it. But we need to tell you guys about our October plans. Yeah. Octo- October has five Thursdays. Oh, so, but we're only doing four Weeks of Halloween-themed movies, and there's a good reason for that. So next week, here on Talkin' Talkies, we're going to do a double shot of Ghostbusters! Aw, yeah. We're going to do both Ghostbusters movies. That's going to be our lead-in to Halloween. Uh, We're going to follow that up with Shaun of the Dead for the October 8th episode. We're going to do Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! On the 15th, and of course the classic Nightmare Before Christmas on the 22nd. But only the first 20 minutes. Yes, of course. (laughs) Now, October 29th, we are going to do another double shot, and it's going to be Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, because on November 5th we're doing Skyfall. And why? Because Spectre. Because Spectre. And we have chosen... For the, new, for the Bond resurgence here, we've chosen to do all the Craig movies to get caught up on it. Yep. So, that is our plan. So join us next week for a double shot of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Indeed. Until next week, I am Chris, that is Dan, and we'll see you then. See ya!